Welcome to the exam room brought to you by the Physicians Committee. The Olympic Games are here. Now, studies have shown that vegan athletes can perform better. I'm talking about better cardiovascular function. And our own Susan Levin has put together a sample menu for the ultra-endurance athletes. It is 4,500 calories ready to power your next marathon. You're going to hear about that today. And also you're going to hear about how a plant-based diet can cut your post-recovery post-competition recovery time so that you can get back into competition sooner. But we are going to start with vegan ice dancer Megan Duhamel as she prepares for her own Olympic competition. She's back in the Olympics, skating for Canada. And before she skates in South Korea, she speaks with our own weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Take it away, Chuck. Welcome back to the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. I'm so excited. You know, we've got the Winter Olympics coming up, and we have our very own Olympian joining us now, Megan Duhamel. She is a Canadian pairs ice dancer. How are you, Megan? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing phenomenally well. And uh, before we get going, I need to compliment you on the name of your website. I think that this is the most clever thing of all time. Lutzofgreens.com. That is just phenomenal. <laughs> I I can't take credit for it. It was actually a play on words that my husband thought of. But I was trying to, to be creative with um, the plant-based and nutrition world that I'm so passionate about and the figure skating world. And I'm not sure how my husband came up with uh, the play on Lutz of Greens, uh, but I think it was brilliant. And I mean, of course, the website hadn't been taken because who else would have thought of a name <laughs> right. like that? Uh, and it's something I'd, that website I'd really like to invest more time into um, when my skating career is over after the Olympic Games. Well, it seems like you've got some uh, pretty good content up there now. I know that you throw a lot of recipes up there, and uh, I saw a blog up there about uh, your recent um, one of your recent uh, skating events. So, you know, I don't know how much more time you want to put up there, but it seems to me as a <laughs> web guy, you've, you've got some pretty fresh content. I, I try. Um at least every week to add something to it. But of course, when I'm on the road and I'm traveling, it's a little bit hard. Um, and I tried to keep a combination of recipes with wellness tips, with fitness tips, and um, my figure skating uh, story and events and journey because I know that there's a lot of fans um, amongst the figure skating world that are interested in the inside works of what goes on. Yeah. Well, well, let's talk about that journey, the journey of uh, actually going vegan. Uh, from what I was reading, like you kind of had this awakening. You, your eyes just kind of opened one day. Talk to me about what brought you to this decision to switch to a, a plant-based diet. You know, it's something that I never would have considered. And to be honest, I'd never even heard of the word vegan before. Um, I was passing an airport and I saw a, a very small book called Skinny Bitch. And <laughs> it kind of, it seemed funny and clever. And I was like, oh, I wonder what this is about. So I just kind of picked it up as I left the airport. I went home that night and I read all of it. it it's not very big. I read it all that night. And when I woke up the next morning, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to try this. I emptied out my fridge uh, completely, threw everything away. And then as I was making my coffee, I was like, oh, no, what am I going to put in my coffee? <laughs> Dairy alternatives. Um, and I kind of dove in uh, head first. That's kind of how I, I guess I live my life. I go all in, all or nothing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started doing some research. And then eventually I started studying nutrition. And uh, it's 
it's just become such a passion of mine and an amazing lifestyle that I'm so proud to have committed to. Now, I actually read before you made that that change that uh, the nutritionist for the Canadian national team was he was advising you to eat just a bounty of meat and to cheese. And so now you've been enlightened. You've studied this nutrition. Have you had a conversation with them yet? Um. Not with this person in particular that I worked with uh, before, but I do have conversations sometimes with uh, some of the nutritionists. I don't personally work with one because now that I've studied nutrition and I feel like I know quite a lot about food and what to put into my body, that um, and I'm I'm forever learning. I'm constantly learning more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I do try to educate uh, people at every chance I can, without kind of like. Um, enforcing something on somebody else. I just, I feel like everybody needs to become a little bit more open-minded just as I did, because I really had, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And actually tomorrow is going to be nine years that I've been vegan and, uh, you know, it had its, uh, ups and downs and, and I, I wouldn't go back. Well, happy, uh, happy vegan birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I try to celebrate every year with uh, some vegan chocolate cake or something. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Blow out the candle, make a wish. Now you are uh, actually you're training for the Olympics. You, your your eye is on uh, South Korea, correct? Um, it'll be our second Olympics and our last Olympics. So we're hoping to put out our very best performances and to get on the podium. Oh, your your final Olympics already? I mean, you don't want to look at uh, what would that be? Twenty twenty two. I'd love to look at it maybe from a different, a different <laughs> angle, you know, a different uh, position that I'll be in. Um, I'm turning 32 soon, and my partner and I have been able to already win an Olympic silver medal, win six national titles and two world titles, and I feel like I've achieved everything I ever dreamt of, and the only thing missing is the ultimate perfect skate at the Olympics because we didn't have that the last time. And uh, I don't think I'm going to have to keep going for four years because I plan to do it uh, this February. There you go. Fingers crossed for you. I think that you'll you'll do it. Thank you. Um, so let me ask you this. I'm sure that you're, you're aware of this. There's been some criticism by, you know, non-plant-based diet people uh, that once an athlete switches to a vegan diet, their performance starts to decline. Clearly with you, that hasn't really been the case where do you think that disconnect is? Where do you think that myth started? Well, first of all, I think that there's a preconceived notion about the amount of protein that athletes need. And I think that um, people are actually eating too much. Athletes themselves are eating too much protein mm -hmm. and not balancing it properly with, with carbs and fats and, and the right whole foods diet. Um, and I think it really comes down to people that – they're not open-minded. They haven't experienced this yet. And the plant-based diet in terms of uh, the sporting world and athletes, it's really just beginning. It's just starting to blossom and more and more athletes are thriving under this diet. So I think that um, there's going to be more interest and more research put into what it does to help the athlete's performance and recovery. But for myself, um, I started to thrive when I became a vegan. My performance uh, accelerated and I feel like that I have to give so much credit to my skating career and the results I've achieved is to how I feel my body because that's just as important. What I feel my body with every day is just as important as the training I'm doing on the ice or in the gym. Give me an uh, idea of what it is that you eat during the day. Do you keep to a pretty uh, specific routine, same thing day in, day out? Is there a lot of variety? I do 
I guess you could say I have a pretty similar diet all the time, not by choice, I think more by <laughs> convenience. Um, every single morning, I usually have overnight oats or um, a big green smoothie or a smoothie bowl with some granola. Um, and that can fuel me for at least two hours of training. Mm-hmm. Um, in between training sessions, I like to snack on trail mix, bananas, apples, apples and almond butter, um, yes, <laughs> granola bars, and uh, snacks like that. I, I don't tend to eat such a big lunch. I tend to snack throughout the day in between each of my training sessions. And uh, I'll have an early dinner that – my dinners, uh, they vary quite a lot. I – I find it's very easy to make a quinoa salad, throw in a couple of vegetables, make a quinoa salad. Sometimes I'll do a stir fry. Sometimes I make some a big pot of lasagna or a big casserole, a chickpea-based casserole that I can kind of eat all week long. Yeah. I don't need to worry about preparing it. Um, so that's kind of the gist of it. I do have a sweet tooth. I <laughs> tend to eat a dessert every single day. Um, people might be surprised to hear that. I love cookies or cupcakes and cake and I have a pretty strong willpower that I can eat like half a cupcake and just leave the other half until the next day. Now that is truly impressive. And I'll finish it the next day. And so uh, my desserts, they, they stay well in my kitchen. <laughs> um, do you find it a struggle? It doesn't sound like you do to keep uh, keep your calories up. I know in speaking to like NFL players, especially offensive linemen, the real big guys, they try going vegan, but they can't really keep that diet because they just can't keep the weight on. So, you know, how many calories are you typically burning in a day when you're training and how many are you taking in? I'm probably burning be- around 2000 calories and maybe taking in 2,500 mm-hmm. calories. Um, I don't really count my calories. I tend, I tend to eat almost consistently all day long, um, but I'm not really paying attention to the amount of calories I'm eating. I'm eating when my body is telling me that I need to fuel myself for a training session and that I need to fuel myself um, after a training session for my recovery. Um, I, have, I have a lot of beet powder water to have in the mornings before I train. I feel like that really helps um, deliver some oxygen to my muscles while I'm training. And uh, I really just try to listen to my body. And I'm in a sport that I, I want to stay as small as possible in the most healthy way possible. Right. In, in a performance sport like figure skating, I have somebody lifting me. He needs me in the best shape that I can be in. <laughs> so for myself, um, I don't really, I'm trying not to be like, big and strong and put put on mass right Uh, so that's a little bit different with a sport like figure skating compared to football now uh, your partner eric is is he vegan Uh, no he's not Uh, he likes a lot of vegan food i just i guess he hasn't thought about making a commitment to a vegan or vegetarian diet oh well maybe Maybe. someday (laughs) yeah um so this will be your second Olympics. What were the vegan options like uh, over in Sochi? I believe that's where the, the last Winter Games were held. W- were there any vegan options there? Oh, I was hungry in Sochi, let me tell you. <laughs> long time to be eating at a cafeteria that served 24-hour McDonald's. Mm. Because McDonald's is a sponsor of the Olympics. Wait, to the athletes? That's what they were serving? Well, we had a cafeteria with um, various food stations and a full McDonald's restaurant that was free for the athletes to eat at. Mm. And you'd be surprised the number of athletes that the day of their competition were choosing to eat McDonald's. Curlers, Uh, right? 
yeah. <laughs> Maybe the ones that didn't succeed so much. I know a lot of athletes after they finished competing were treating themselves to, to McDonald's as well. Um, I had a hard time in Sochi. I had a bit of a miscommunication with the nutritionist about what food would be available mm -hmm. as I was trying to prepare my, my own um, food to bring with me. And I was actually told that they would have a dairy-free yogurt. So I prepared um, many mason jars of homemade granola. I mixed up my own granola. I made it. And I was like, this is perfect. I'm going to have my dairy-free yogurt and granola every single morning. And I arrived and there was no dairy-free yogurt. So what I ended up doing was taking cold tofu and mashing it up to be in a yogurt-like consistency. And I ate that with granola almost every single morning. Mm -hmm. um, they did have a lentil stew, and I ate that for dinner almost every night for three weeks. And it was good with some chapati for the first few days, but after three weeks, I was I was ready for a little bit of variety. Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that this year in Korea, the, the menu is going to be a little bit more creative. I think that there are now athletes that follow such particular diets that maybe they're going to have more variety in the village. And also, I'm going to show up more prepared, and I've already... Uh, talked with the Team Canada nutritionists about grocery stores within the area and what they can do to help me. Yeah, I was just going to ask if you were going to be proactive about that and sending your own dairy-free yogurt this go-around or, or what your battle plan was. I, You know what? I did just send four boxes of food um, that's being shipped over to Korea, so it's going on a big crate. Um, I put as much stuff as I could think of in those boxes for now, and I'm still going to have to have to go over my list. Um, the Canadian uh, Team Canada's nutritionist has told me that there's a very big grocery store uh, with a lot of organic selections not far from Pyeongchang. So I'm hoping that they're going to help me uh, get to the grocery store or at least um, have me prepare lists for them to pick up when they take their trip. What's in the crate? I got to ask. I mean, that's a mystery. You're sending four boxes of stuff. What's in there? You know, I, I, sent, um, I sent some protein bars and some containers of, of beetroot powder. I sent some squeezy oatmeal packs from a company called Monk Pack, which I love. They have um, quinoa oatmeal squeezy packs that are perfect for when you travel. So I sent some boxes of those. Um, I sent some trail mixes, some dried fruits, some dried apricots, raisins, some cereals, some crackers, uh, rice cakes, buckwheat rice cakes with <laughs> almond butter. You know, I hate like so many miscellaneous things, everything I could think of that might get squished in my own suitcase, I put in those boxes. There you go. There you go. Um, you know what? I Here's a wild idea. I know you're going to be busy, but I want you to be our vegan correspondent at Pyongyang. <laughs> I need to know what the village is serving, what <laughs> the vegans are doing, and frankly, how you're doing. How did the food hold up in those four boxes? Is that something you think you'd be interested in yes. doing? Yes, of course. And maybe when I'm uh, finding a grocery store in the area, I can document what I'm finding there and what I'm bringing back to the village. How great would that be? That would be phenomenal. I'm, I'm just curious, you know, about the organic selection. I would imagine that they're going to have produce that we don't, we don't have over here. Probably they will. Um, the, pro the problem in Sochi was there wasn't really a big supermarket or grocery store anywhere near Sochi. Like, mm. we were really in the middle of nowhere. And Pyeongchang is still in the outskirts and kind of in the middle of nowhere, but I've been assured that the grocery store has great selection. Um, they're also arranging um, a hot plate and a blender to, to be put in my room for when I arrive and a mini fridge and freezer. So I'm 
I'm planning to be well taken care of. And I'm interested because I didn't actually meet any other athletes um, on the coast where, where figure skating is at the Olympics that were that were also vegans. Hmm. So I'm interested this time if there'll be more of us. Oh, that's awesome. That's definitely something to keep an eye on. I assume your husband is traveling with you, correct? Yes, and my husband is actually um, my skating coach. Aha, well, there you go. He'll be traveling with me and and hopefully helping me find things if I need to to go out and about to find uh, good food. Is he vegan as well? He's not vegan, but um, he has definitely changed his diet uh, since we've been living together. He no longer has dairy, and he no longer eats meat in the house. Um, If he's at a restaurant or at his parents, he will, but in the house, um, he'll have fish and uh, the rest of the food. He doesn't eat cheese, doesn't have dairy. So uh, he's changed his diet quite a lot. I haven't got him all the way to my team yet, but... uh, you know, he's making very good choices. That's awesome. You know, most people get banished from the house if they're a smoker. They can't smoke inside the house. But him, he can't eat meat in the house. I love it. <laughs> well, a few years ago, I did actually. I, I'm usually the one going out to get our groceries. And uh, a few years ago, I told him, I said, you know what? I can no longer buy you your fish, your meat, or your cheese. Mm. I said, I can't go to the cash with this anymore. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> How did he react to that? I'm just curious. He was like, oh, okay. Like, I understand. And I told him, like, it's not even about me, like, paying for it. I just, I can't support that I'm the one bringing this into the house. That goes against what I believe is right. It goes against my morals. And if this is what, if you need to have some meat or some fish or some cheese at the time he was still eating cheese, I said, you can go out and buy it yourself and bring it into the house yourself. And, uh, Felt like I needed to put my foot down on that one. Yeah, way to take a stand. Now, I assume that you are pretty much the chef at the house, correct? Um, I am, but, uh, I mean, I don't have time to cook as much as I want. Um, my husband does, he make tries to make some uh, some vegan food for me sometimes. And uh, he's he's been able to make some um, fried chicken out of saitan. And that's like his prize dish that he can he can make, and he makes it really well. It just takes a long time to make saitan. Uh, it takes a couple of hours. Yeah, yeah, it does. But it's it's uh, it's worth it because of all the gluten. <laughs> yeah, it's worth it though. Yeah. And you have a ton of recipes on your blog, LutzofGreens.com. So my question to you, Megan, is this: definitely putting you on your spot. What is your favorite that you've posted up there? My favorite dish I've posted is a chickpea casserole that has some carrots and some broccoli um, breadcrumbs and it's topped with some diet cheese. I make this every few weeks. It's kind of like my go-to dish. It doesn't take very long and and it can sit in the fridge for a few days. Um, It's one of my favorites because I've served it to a lot of non-vegan or vegetarians and they've really liked it. So that's always my answer to my, uh, my experiments is if somebody who doesn't eat a plant-based diet, likes uh, what I've made, then I know that it's probably a hit. Yeah, and uh, we're, we're going to link off to that uh, on our website, pcrm.org slash podcast. Uh, frankly, I think that I'm going to give that a whirl this weekend. <laughs> it's really good. I think that you should give it a try. And also I have on there um, a quinoa breakfast parfait mm. with uh, chocolate and peanut butter in it, and that's a real good one as well. Ooh, my wife will do flips over that one. <laughs> Uh, let's change gears here real quick before we wrap up. I know that uh, you were just telling me about some involvement that you have uh, freeing dogs in, in Korea. There's just some really horrific situations going over there, and you're working with an organization to uh, to help 
rescue them to safety, correct? Yes, I am. Um, this was something that I felt like I needed to do as I've been traveling to Korea quite a bit um, in preparation for the Olympics that are coming this February. Um, and so I started doing a little bit of research with the International Humane Society, um, who then put me in contact with a company called Free Korean Dogs. And it's not as well known um, over in North America, but in Korea, they, they do farm dogs and eat them as a source of protein. Um, it's quite horrific. They also boil them to make soup. Mm. Um, they believe that this makes men uh, big and strong. Mm. And, you know, it goes against everything that I believe is right for any animal. And sure. uh, I felt like, like I needed to, to do something to help this group. Um, they're looking for flight volunteers to bring dogs back uh, to North America from Korea. They It costs nothing but your time, maybe an hour before your flight and an hour after your flight. That's it. And I was originally going to be a flight volunteer. And the more I thought about it, I thought, why don't I just keep this dog myself? This is so amazing. And it's going to be my memory from Korea. Yeah. The dog I adopted had actually been at a rescue um, at a Buddhist temple living with a Buddha. And I thought maybe this dog's going to have some special spiritual energy to bring into my home. And I'm so happy I did it. My mom and dad have now rescued a dog from free Korean dogs. And when I come back from the Olympics, I'll be bringing back more dogs and I might decide to keep another one. <laughs> what's uh, what's your dog's name? His name is Mute. Uh, and at the time, we thought this might be some beautiful philosophical Korean meaning. Um, but I was told by a Korean that Mute means not big. <laughs> and he's a little, uh, he's a dash hound mixed with a corgi, mixed with a chihuahua. So he's just a tiny little thing. Mute, free Korean yeah. dogs. I love it. That's that's amazing. Yeah. You know, I, I would think that uh, bringing home a dog safely, that's going to be better than any metal that you'd be coming home with. That It was an unbelievable feeling when I did it the last time and, and that I will do it again. And I hope that more athletes are going to do it and, and going to be interested in rescuing a dog like that. Awesome. Megan Duhamel, you, you are just a vegan delight. Thanks for taking the time. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. And good luck at the games. Thank you. The Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. A great conversation there with Megan Duhamel. Good luck to her in the Olympics. Hope to speak to her again next week. Reportedly, supposedly, fingers crossedly, she will be our correspondent from the Olympics. Gonna get an update as far as what they have to offer for vegans. Of course, she also had that food shipped over there, so she's planning ahead. But hopefully they have more fare than just microwaved vegetables. Be sure to give uh, the Physicians Committee a like on Facebook if you'd be so kind. And then, of course, follow the show on Twitter as well, at PCRM. Now then... Vegan Olympics, sports and nutrition. That is the name of the game today. And I can think of no better guest to welcome back to the show then than registered dietitian and sports expert, Susan Levin. Hello, Susan. Hey, Chuck. Great to be back. Thank uh, you. You know, you uh, you have a focus on sports nutrition, don't you? I do. I have a um, board certified specialty in sports dietetics. Yeah. Dietetics. There mm -hmm. you go. Uh, what, what drew you to that? Were you an athlete growing up? I am, uh, no, <laughs> but after, as an adult, I got very interested. I wanted to be a runner. I, wanted, I was one of those people. And then, um, you know, as a kid, I maybe did Jane Fonda aerobics 
which oh, if anybody wow. remembers that, yes. not pretty. Yeah. Well, she was pretty. I was not. But <laughs> when I got older, I really wanted to be a runner. Um, my dad ran every day. I, I just I wanted to be one of one of those people that you see running along the Potomac. And then um, after adopting a vegan diet, of course, that became more doable, much healthier. I learned how to run, and um, now I am not necessarily the best runner, but I am pretty darn consistent. Every day I have to run a certain amount of miles. So Good deals. So having that in my life and then working here at the Physicians Committee, uh, we get so many questions about people going vegan and um, being an athlete or being an athlete and wanting to go vegan because they hear it's really good. Right. Um, maybe they adopt a vegan diet for uh, ethical reasons, but mm-hmm. they want to make sure they can continue on with whatever physical activity or sports they already engage. So I want I wanted more scientific knowledge, and I went back and got the certification um, just so I could be able to answer people's questions. Yeah, uh, and and you do a, a bang-up job of it. God knows I have plenty of them for you today. Um, talking about elite-level athletes, again, the Olympics, there are mean, just hundreds of them. I mean, literally the world's best. And in speaking to not Olympians, but pro football players, baseball players, hockey players, a lot of the concern is, can we get an adequate caloric intake? Can we do this and still keep the weight on, keep our muscles up, can we still perform at a high level? What is what is the key there? Because just eating a plant-based diet, for me personally, it can be difficult some days to get to just 2,000 calories. That's right, because the whole, you know, the whole point of why this diet tends to work for weight loss and then all the chronic diseases related to being overweight is because the caloric density of plants is low, right. lower certainly compared with animal products, um, because you're eating a lot of vegetables, fruits, grains, beans. These are very high fiber, um, bulky foods that fill you up, but yet you haven't eaten that many calories, right? So that's for the majority of America. Uh, that's a good thing. But if you are an athlete who expends, uh, you know, 2,500, 3,000, 4,500, I mean, these are rare, a rare person, but expends that much energy in your activity, um, or in your life, let's say you're a construction worker or a coal miner, I don't know, doing something that expends a lot of calories, you are going to have to eat a lot of food. You're going to have to make uh, every calorie pretty dense. So this would veer away from uh, our usual advice for people, because again, uh, usually people need to lose weight. But um, if or 66% of Americans need to lose weight anyway. But if you are one of those people that just needs to gain weight or maintain weight, um, you may have more liberties with your diet. So you can eat more things like nuts, nut butters, the higher fat plant foods, drinking your calories. Like normally I would tell someone, you know, don't waste your calories on a glass of orange juice, eat the orange. But maybe if you need to gain weight, um, I would say, yeah, drink the orange juice. Have a smoothie that is juice-based. Um, don't worry so much about those calories, those excess calories that, from eating a, a giant bagel or whatever. Um, so yes, for those people. And then they become the Olympic athlete level is so extreme or the, the ex- literally the terminology is extreme endurance athlete mm-hmm. may need upwards of 
10,000 uh, calories a day. I mean, that's an incredible amount of food you would have to eat. Even it could if be you, uncomfortable. Even if you're not vegan. I mean, okay, so when I was 420 pounds, I was eating 10,000 calories a day. I wasn't doing squat exercise-wise, thus I was 420 pounds. But you see these athletes, you know, we were talking about Michael Phelps, and this guy is just shredded, obviously not a winter athlete, but he's eating 10,000-plus calories a day during training. Mm -hmm. Skinny, six-pack, I mean, this guy is just the pillar of muscles and health Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. everything that an athlete hopes that they could possibly be. I would caution that externally. We don't know what's going on on the inside. We don't know what his arteries look like. You can be shredded and pretty athletic. You could run marathons and have clogged arteries. Just mm. just a cautionary tale, tale, tale there. And that's why eating a vegan diet, even as an extreme ultra endurance athlete, is optimal. Figure it out. Like Let's figure out how we're going to eat, but not having to, you know, you can't, you, if you're training, you don't have time to sit there all day and eat. So, yes, packing in the, the calories and what you're eating, eating more fatty foods um, or caloric dense foods than you might otherwise. Um, but you might have to turn to supplements, meaning supplemental shakes. Um, you, uh, ultra athlete Brendan Brazier has his own line of supplemental shakes that he sells. Um, I'm not a paid you know, spokesperson for that line. But I do understand that he created that because he had to figure out a way to get so many calories in his body right. without just as a vegan sitting there and eating all day. Right. Um, same with Scott Jurek. Uh, these people had to figure it out. And, and for the most part, if you know, if Scott Jurek's going to run uh, for two days straight, he needs to make um, get a lot of calories in his body. So yes, drinking shakes, drinking carb filled fluids is what you're going to have to do. Well, let's uh, let's keep with the Winter Olympic theme here. Obviously, you have some endurance athletes over there. I mean, we're talking about speed skaters that seemingly go for days there. Cross-country skiers, they're on their skis for hours on end. These guys are burning a ton of calories. So I know that you put together a sample menu for a, a day for an athlete here. So start me off. I mean, does the day start with a big, hearty breakfast? Food food intake will depend on the athlete, obviously. Like, okay. Are you going to eat um, a thousand calories right before you go do aerobic activity? Depends on what you can handle physically, right? It might make you sick. So one thing, this diet calorie uh, menu I put together, this high calorie menu I put together, it actually starts off with a pretty high calorie energy bar. So okay. for someone who has to eat all the time. You really want to pack in those calories. Again, this is kind of like the opposite advice I would give someone for weight loss, but um, starting off with a high calorie energy bar, maybe it's 250 calories. And then that's your pre-breakfast. Right. And then at breakfast, you're going to have your bagel with peanut butter, jam, all fruit jam on there too. Make some scrambled tofu, have a glass of um, uh, soy milk, and then uh you know, you're already talking. I mean, imagine all that food. That's right. a lot of food yeah. to sit down and eat. You've had your your bar. You're having a bagel. You're having scrambled tofu. You're having a glass of soy milk. So you're getting in already um, in the day about 1,500 calories. Impressive. That's a lot of calories, yeah. and you're just you've just finished breakfast, and your next meal isn't lunch. It's your it's your snack, right? <laughs> right. So your next snack is going. to, I mean, your next meal or whatever might or snack. Probably something liquid. I recommend a shake, and it's going to be made not with water, you know, not with almond milk. We're not going to be um, 
trying to save on calories here. So you're going to do something like soy milk uh, that has a lot more calories in it, or hemp milk, something like that, with juice too, and a banana and all the fruit you can cram in there. So um, you're going to be having a lot of calories that are easy to digest because you're drinking them. Um, you go, you start your lunch then, and you're going to be having like a cup, of, a cup or two of beans, a cup of corn. Um, you can still have your healthful foods like your greens, a kale salad, steamed vegetables. You can have all that, but you're also going to need a couple of slices of bread, um, maybe some baked tofu. So again, you're going to be having about a thousand calories just there at lunch. So now you're um, not right, you're not ha- you know, about halfway done with your day, and you've already had to 2,500, 3,000 calories. Well, let me ask you about the portion size of the vegetables there with lunch, because, you know, like when I do a plate, it's like a quarter of the plate is devoted to, you know, if, if we do steamed vegetables, that's a quarter of the plate, mm-hmm. rice is a quarter, beans are quarter, whatever, you know, until you get to 100%. But what serving size are we talking about as far as vegetables here? I would imagine, like, this has got to be a big old heaping bowl. Well, obviously, I mean, your calories are going to come from that, the, the bread, the tempeh or tofu, um, the beans, the corn, it's not going to be coming from your vegetables. And the only, you know, I could say, yeah, you need to eat like five cups of vegetables just to get a significant amount of calories. The problem there is you've just filled up on a lot of fiber and you may not be then hungry enough to eat all those other high calorie foods. Mm. So you might even want to limit that to maybe a cup of steamed vegetables so that you don't fill up on those low calorie foods that are high in fiber. Um, but you're you're able to get in those higher calorie foods like like fruits and um, and and beans and grains, refined grains. Touche. All right. So you go from lunch, and then we've got ourselves an afternoon snack. Heck yeah! You got to have your snack. So again, it's going to be more fruit, like bananas, um, as you know, as many as you want because they do digest pretty easily. Good carbs for refueling. Um, have some nuts or nut butter. Uh, I said like 15 almonds and three tablespoons of some dried fruit. And then maybe you don't think of this as a snack, but two cups of chickpeas. Right. Beans, as many beans as you can get. So you've just had a snack that is at least 500 calories. Okay. So that should get you to your to your next meal, which is dinner. So it's going to be more calorie-dense things like tofu, tempeh, at least two cups of rice, Three slices of bread with um, three tablespoons of all-fruit jam, maybe some more peanut butter, and then a couple of cups of fruit. So there's your your high-calorie dinner. And then you can't go to bed without your uh, dessert. Oh, another snack? Yeah, sorry. you got to eat again. Wow. So, again, this is a menu that where all the food is mostly, except for the bar in the morning, is providing the calories. Right. so someone who might be like, this is too much, or I can't handle all this food, could turn to those shakes, that um, the supplemental powders that sure. have calories in them. But your late night snack, just to wrap it up, about 500 calories, you're going to eat um, crackers with peanut butter mm-hmm. and another glass of soy milk. Wow. A nice full eight fluid ounces of soy milk or some high high higher calorie plant milk than just something like almond or cashew milk, which is only 30 calories a cup. A cup. That's a day. Like, you have to commit to eating. That is a serious commitment that you've just asked. It's a commitment to eating, and it's a commitment to exercising, because otherwise you will gain a lot of weight with this kind of um, 
menu. You don't say. Uh, yeah. Uh, so. Nonetheless, even with that caution there, uh, if you could send that to me and we can put that up on PCRM.org slash podcast so people can uh, check that out for themselves, sure. and, you know, maybe uh, adjust it so it better suits their needs. So um, let me ask you the important question. I think that we've kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, somebody that is an athlete, maybe not this elite level, but nonetheless pretty active. What is the best advice you can give them as far as just starting out on a plant-based diet? What do they need to know? So if they are already engaged in some kind of regular physical activity and they're moving over to a plant-based diet, first thing, you know, just in the Olympic conversation, you don't want to necessarily change everything overnight in the middle of an activity. And by that, I mean, um, you're all trained up. It's the day of the marathon. And uh, you decide this is the day I'm, I'm going to go vegan or, or the day before. It's fine. I mean, it's always healthy to, to start adopting a vegan diet. But sometimes those kinds of changes, if you're not going into it well informed, can be detrimental to the to the performance. Right. right. So make sure you're either early in your training or not in training at all. You're just having your regular everyday life. And um, I think the best thing is for anyone is just to be informed. What does eating a vegan diet look like? It doesn't, to me, look like what you're not eating. It looks like all these new things you are eating. Sure. So that's a lot of variety. There's so many beans, so many grains that we may not be accustomed to eating because it's culturally just not part of our repertoire at the grocery store. It's, well, it's going to be, right? right? You're going right. to learn if you have never spelled or eaten amaranth, you're suddenly going to be like the spelling bee champ with grains like amaranth and quinoa, um, all these uh, things that weren't really part of our palate before. Beans that you've never heard of, ajuki right? uh, beans, mung beans, and then of course good old-fashioned lima beans, chickpeas, lentils, like learning about all these grains and beans and using them and, 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 light, and finding out finding recipes where you like them, how to cook them. Um, and then fruits and vegetables, of course, should always be a big part of that. So going into it educated, not about what you're not eating, that's pretty easy, but about all these things you will be eating because chances are you're culturally just not um, tuned into the world of variety. But you will be. And it's good. It's a good test um, to see uh, not only what, as an athlete, what you tolerate, because you are talking about a f bulkier diet, feeling really full um, with all this fiber, which is a good thing, and being able to digest that fiber. And it takes time to build up a healthy gut biome that can break down fiber. So don't necessarily go from 10 grams of fiber a day, which most people can eat in this country sadly it's a pitiful amount yeah. and you go to 40 50 60 grams a day which is great but it's not going to feel good if you're not accustomed to that so kind of work your way up to that yeah yeah i know about that transition <laughs> I, i'm not even an athlete but i know about that whole fiber yeah. boost it was like that was the old shock to the system right but i mean i get calls from patients who who adopt this way of eating think they think they're uh having a medical emergency because they're going to the bathroom every day yeah, it's like yeah. no you're supposed to go to the bathroom every day yeah. this bus is your system is supposed to move quickly this stuff is supposed to come out quickly yeah between that and the gas pains man i mean i i was a busy guy i I'll know i'll tell you Get that right now know, find your favorite toilet paper <laughs> 
Love your toilet paper. Yeah, indeed, I did. Uh, okay, so uh, I want to hit the reset button, and I want to come back, and I want to dive more into the science of everything. So we've kind of skirted on that a little bit. We've laid out a menu, but there is a lot that has to do with internally how your body benefits on this. So don't go anywhere. We're going to come back. We're going to talk all about that here on The Exam Room, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Back now on the exam room, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Again, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll, on the yield Twitter, at Chuck Carroll, WLC. That's two R's and two L's in Carroll. Be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play, whatever your pleasure. Talking about vegan Olympics and nutrition, and there is a whole lot of science that goes into athlete nutrition. Susan Levin, back now on the show you did a ton of research when we started to talk about doing this segment, and I know there is just a wealth of information out there. There is a lot of information out there, um, especially when it comes to uh, what what is it that might promote the health of an athlete and, and, and what specifically makes diet, in this case vegan diets, um, contributes so much to the better performance of an athlete. Um, and I, I've deduced from, from the research that I found, I have six theories on why who, people who follow a vegan diet do so well athletically um, and, and why you see athletes out there now who, who swear by, by, the, the, by the diet as, as being why they are doing so well. Um, As an elite level dietitian, I will say that I believe your theories will prove correctly. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. So some of them, um, I'll start with number one, the, a vegan diet, and we know this from research, is going to be, uh, even without thinking about it, it's going to be higher in carbohydrate. Right. In car- so it's a, it's a carb centric diet. And that is the first rule when it comes to endurance um, athletic performance is you have to to eat a lot of carbohydrates. That is the primary fuel. That is the key the key source of nutrients as, mm-hmm. as an athlete. So you're already um, ahead of the game there by, by eating a vegan diet because you are being carb-centric. Uh, secondly, and this is a big one, is that vegan diets are heart healthy. Right. This is important. I mean, it's not too far of a stretch to imagine that you need a good um, heart pumping blood efficiently throughout the body to be a good endurance athlete. Um, and there was actually a study done at Arizona State uh, where they looked at um, about 70 or so athletes, and 27 of whom were vegan or vegetarian. Most of them were actually vegan. And they discovered that not only you know, was strength the same across the board, whether you were uh, vegan or a meat eater, so there was no compromise in, in strength performance. Um, additionally, there was no compromise in muscle mass building, even though the vegetarians and vegans consumed less protein. They still consumed enough protein, and, and muscle mass was, was the same across the board. But what they found is like, okay, so everybody's even Steven, but actually the people following the plant-based diets had better heart health. So they were able to perform better in terms of what's called like better VO2, VO2 maxes, but just it's just better aerobic abilities because so the heart functions better. Basically, you're able to get more oxygen in the blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's a, I mean, that's a good thing for for being an athlete, for sure, but just always a good thing to have better heart health, right? Which no we kidding. are, right? <laughs> so we already know um, that 
vegans have better heart health, but uh, to know that that you can even see that among the athletes. Um, number three, I think a vegan diet is. I don't just think this, but research shows that a, a vegan diet has anti-inflammatory components to it, and it's not too hard to imagine. I mean, exercise creates inflammation. That's right. what it does. Yeah. I mean, that's why we build muscle. Um, that's why our knees hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's just that comes with the territory. So it's really good to be countering that with a diet that is anti-inflammatory. You know, I uh, recently had an opportunity to speak with the Redskins player, DJ Swearinger. Uh, he is primarily plant-based, and he said the biggest reason why he's doing this is inflammation. Now, here's the cool thing. I spoke to him at the end of the season, and typically that's the time of year when the players are walking around, and I mean, these guys are in their mid-20s, and they're walking like they're 80 years Mm -hmm. old, you know? It's just the wear and tear of the season. And here's Swearinger. He's Daisy Fresh. (laughs) You know, he said that he feels better now than he did in his rookie season. Other guys are dogging it, and he's like in the fourth quarter ready to play double overtime. Right. He loves it for that very reason. Right, which plays into the whole uh, another – I separated it into another category, but but recovery. Yeah. So if if you can stand up straight and walk, you can train again. If you're hunched over um, and in pain and you need a day to – sit back and recover uh you miss out on an extra day of training that mr daisy fresh is is getting right so so you know this was a reason why um i I can't remember if you know one of these endurance runners had said when that guy's over there recovering as, as i used to do before i started eating this way this is this guy talking um i'm training again and right. that's why i he believed when yeah. <laughs> I had that many more days of training because I didn't have to sit around and heal um, for so long from from the quote unquote inflammation or damage that is, is put upon your upon your body. Sure. Um, so that's four reasons. Number five, vegans are just generally more health conscious. Yeah. Health conscious eaters, health conscious people. So they may, um, you know, more likely to exercise thoughtfully, um, not sit in front of the TV as much, uh, not drink as much alcohol, uh, less likely to smoke. So you have all this other holistic picture of someone who um, may just be better off in general. I think that plays a role. And lastly, um, healthy digestion. So people eat a lot of plants, have very, you know, we mentioned this previously in another show is that when your digestion is moving rapidly as it should be um you're not literally weighed down as much right um your colon's nice and clean your digestive tract is looking pretty good that makes it a lot easier to to jump hurdles and to fly i would imagine you know i've never flown off a ramp in a with a snowboard strap to my body but <laughs> i would imagine just being more regular would help help with that and and it keeps your um system clean and i i can't help but think that that must play a pretty big role in um performing especially high level endurance activity yeah i would think that uh every time you do that it's kind of like taking off ankle weights you know? yes does that make Internal sense ankle weights yeah. colon weights yeah. yeah 
Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Uh, that was five or that was six. Okay, that was six. We're we're done. See, I, I counting is just not my thing. Numbers are not my thing. <laughs> I will talk all day, but I cannot count. Sesame Street has failed me. Oh no! So uh, all of that stuff is very interesting, and I know that hydration also that that plays a huge role in all of this. Yeah. So again, I mentioned before, like one of the primary things about being an athlete is knowing that you need to eat your carbs but along with that is hydration so Mm -hmm. it's all about staying fueled with good carbs and staying um hydrated with fluids so yes you're going to have more hydration in in your fresh fruits um soups but certainly water and making sure that you are drinking according to whatever activity whatever the weather that you're engaging and replenishing um, all those fluids as you go is sure. important as well. Sure. Uh, real quick before we wrap up on this, you were talking about athletes and just being more health conscious in general. Um, and you even said that when you became a runner, that's when you really started studying up on this stuff. And it's so funny to me because now I'm thinking back 20, 30 years, it wasn't uncommon to go into a locker room and to see the players drinking beer after the game, some of them walking around smoking cigarettes. <laughs> and it's just like, we've come a long way in yeah. just a couple of decades. Yeah. What do you think happened? Uh, and this is just purely opinion, mind you. This is yeah. purely opinion. Where, speculation. Did, where um, did the awakening come from? That's a good question. I do. I mean, we just have a history of having science and then having action follow decades later, which is always stunning to me that it takes us so long. Um, So I I do think, I mean, specifically with smoking, for example, um, you know, athletes, doctors, everybody was smoking, even though the science was there. Yeah. It just took a long time for the government and and everybody else to get on board and be like, okay, it's not a good idea. Um, And then the public kind of followed suit. And I think diet is in that realm. Yeah. Um, it's a very personal thing. Some of it's addictive. So to say we have the science, we know that eating plant-based can prevent all these things from happening and can even treat if they've already started to happen. We have that science, but I think the personal responsibility, the government's responsibility, industry's responsibility, that's going to follow as people sort of catch on to this. Sure, sure. Well, uh, you know, we're going to be doing a lot more with sports on this show, and so certainly I think that we'll be hearing from you again. Great. Uh, People can come see you upstairs at the Barnard Medical Center, can they not? Yes, we have all sorts of um, wonderful dietitians on staff there, and um, if if it is specific to sports, I'm happy to meet with patients if they make an appointment. My other specialty is... uh, Pregnancy. Oh. Vegan pregnancy. Uh, you, you spoke with my wife. And she's not pregnant, but you did a segment with her on uh, the local ABC I, affiliate I did wonder if we could start a rumor about that, but Please she, don't. she assured me no. We, we just got a puppy. Our hands are already oh, full. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's very similar, minus the pregnancy. Susan Levin, thank you so much for coming on the exam room. Thank you for having me. Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Recipe time now here on the old show. And of course, what is an Olympic viewing party without snacks? You got to have your snacks, whether you're watching figure skating, bobsledding, 
curling, whatever the case may be, you sit down in front of the TV, you got to have your grub. So to uh, give us a delicious and healthy and festive idea of what it is that we could uh, be eating, we welcome back to the show registered dietitian upstairs at the Barnard Medical Center. Allie Lunning, hello. Hello. Great to have you back. Always a pleasure. Now, I love what it is that you are bringing to the table today. I love everything that you brought to the table, but this is more festive than I think anything that we've come up with. We had some home runs for the Grammys. We had a home run for the Super Bowl, but this... I mean, we are just going all in for the Olympics. What do we have? Got to play the game. So we got Olympic ring power bites. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so very powerful bites we have. What What is an Olympic ring power bite? I see a, a myriad of things in front of me. <laughs> so uh, for this kind of idea, since since this is going to be something that you might you know have around while watching the Olympic Games, everything is very handheld, uh, easy to snack on. Um, and so each one of these little rings, each one of these little Olympic rings, a.k.a. rice cracker, mm-hmm. is going to be a bite full of power. But what you're missing by listening to this in audio <laughs> is that these will actually be shaped in the Olympic logo with yeah. the rings. That's kind of what makes it fun. And right. they're all colorful as well. Right, right, exactly. So It has to be that way. Now, for a podcast first, we're actually going to assemble these here on the show just to prove how quick and easy this is. You can actually do it while you're sitting in front of the TV. Just make sure that you have a napkin with you. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so we've got five rice crackers here representing the five Olympic rings. Go to town. What do we have here? All right. So for the top three rings, what I wanted to do, what I have here is some uh, traditional hummus, or you could use a white bean spread to lay across the foundation here. So I'm just going to take the hummus and make a nice uh, little bed on top of each one of those top three crackers. Mm Mm-hmm little bed of hummus never hurt anybody and this is fresh she literally right before we started taping ran to the grocery store that's <laughs> downstairs in our building and came back with a ton of groceries i'm actually very impressed that you did that and i'm more impressed that the grocery store downstairs carries vegan yogurt i yeah. had no idea a lot of places are offering this silk yogurt um they make a almond milk one and a soy milk one um, I always just try to find the plain if whenever possible, because even though there are some uh, strawberry flavors and chocolate flavors, they can sometimes have up to 23 grams of sugar. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's really nice, though, that this was right down the street. Um, down the street, down, down the, the stairs. Down the stairs. You don't even have to go outside for this. So I have the top three with hummus, and then I'm going to do the bottom two with the soy yogurt. So we have some sweet and some savory. So whatever your guests are looking for, they're able to take a power bite of something delicious. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Now, the silk yogurt, uh, or actually any sort of vegan yogurt now, you were just saying, is, is pretty readily available. And this is in mainstream grocery stores as well. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go to a boutique store or a high yeah. Place you can actually find this in your in your run of the mill grocery store. You can get great deals. I know that um, you know I'm from Jersey, so around the area we go to a lot of Shoprites mm-hmm. and um, you know Giants is around here, and you can find a lot of these dairy free yogurts. It's, yeah, it's happening. Yeah, out west, Ralph's I do believe is mm-hmm. the is the grocery store of choice. I All learned right. about that watching The Big Lebowski. <laughs> uh, anyway, so now we've got our base here. We've got our ring crackers with the hummus and the yogurt. What are we topping that with? All right. So for the you know each of the colors, I have some uh, black mission figs mm-hmm. that I wanted to do for the color black. 
Um, but you can also use um, blackberries, of course. But I saw these figs, and I just thought, like, figs on top of some yogurt with a touch of cinnamon Ooh. all of a sudden takes something you put together in a few seconds to something that maybe you <laughs> maybe you thought of for a while. I love the smell of cinnamon. Yeah. Like, I just get excited about some cinnamon. Yeah, so the cinnamon is a great way to just kind of level up there. Um, and then with the blue, you could do, of course, blueberries. Mm-hmm. So we've got our nice colors there, blue and blue and black. And for the hummus ones, I have these mini cucumbers. Those are cute. They're so adorable. And these are actually also easy to find. Um, and they're very, very helpful for little party foods. So I'm just going to kind of slice that into little rings. Right. Place that on top there. And these are actually really colorful, what it is that uh, you're about to put on here. Because we also see these peppers here. We've got yellow peppers, red peppers, orange peppers, now the green cucumber. So we are really doing well to hit the Olympic colors here. That's what makes this so festive. Absolutely. So it's something that is not only fun for the eyes, but fun for the belly and for fun for anybody who just wants to be festive for this. That is fantastic. (laughs) So what we're going to do here is we're going to take this recipe and we're going to put it up on pcrm.org slash podcast where you can find every recipe from every show, including these Olympic ring power bites. And, And they do look delicious. Now, one thing that I'm learning literally as I'm talking, you need to de-stem the figs. Yeah. You definitely want <laughs> definitely to de-stem. Do that. Yeah. So um, are, are we ready to sample here? I mean, yeah. this, this is pretty simple. I mean, so we've got the cracker, the yogurt, the fig, and the blueberry, mm-hmm. and that's that. That's that. A little okay. bit of cinnamon. Perfect. Right. Like angels. <laughs> Let's see here. Sample time here. Right. That is a big fig. Going to go for ice ice skating. With the snow on the cracker. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Megan Duhamel, our our Olympic correspondent. (laughs) That is a big fig. Good Lord. (laughs) I lost half the fig in my hand. Uh, That is really good. That is like four things, but it tastes so good. So that is another home run. And then, of course, you can do the uh, the vegetable one with the colors on top of the... uh, crackers and hummus and Mm -hmm. if you want to be uh really uh, cool about it and have some supersized rings i see that you also have rice cakes right right because if you know that you're going to be watching the games and let's say you're going to be basically making that snack your dinner Mm -hmm. um you can kind of lay the foundation of having some nice whole grain like brown rice cakes slathering up three of them with some hummus and uh, having a nice big pile of vegetables on each one of them uh, then you can kind of sit sit around and not have to worry about, you know, snacking your dinner away. You actually did it on purpose this time. <laughs> and that's healthy. You yeah. got fresh uh, fresh vegetables, the rice cakes, fiber in there. Like, that's that's all good to go. Yeah, and if I wanted to, I could do it all vegetables, except for the blue. I couldn't figure that one out. Mm. You know, if I, did, I, if I did eggplant, I could do eggplant as the uh, black. Right. Instead of the fig. And I was thinking, what could be the blue vegetable if mm. we were to use that? Well, okay. Here we go. We'll put this out to the uh, the Twitterverse then. Tweet at PCRM <laughs> using the hashtag exam room. Give us an idea of a good blue vegetable that we right. could use for these Olympic rings. I'm curious. I'm I'm at a loss for a blue vegetable right now. Right. Blue potato. 
but you know, it's mm, yeah. Let, yeah. Let's get some ideas. Yeah, let's get yeah. some help here. <laughs> At PCRM or on Instagram, the little green pea. That's where yeah. you can find Allie. Lots of good recipes there. Uh, and, you know, shameless plug, at Chuck Carroll, WLC, two R's and two L's. Allie, thank you again. This is great. I can't wait to watch the games and sit down with these Olympic ring power bites. What a great program this was today. And, by the way, before we sign off, just one quick tip. For many people, they imagine, if I exercise enough... I don't have to eat healthfully. That's really dangerous because there are some people who they do exercise a lot, but the food that's going into their body isn't healthy food, and you can end up with clogged arteries and at high risk for other problems. So add your exercise to your healthy diet, not instead of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.